And this girl like laid on the side of her head and she took this little itty bitty strawberry and she shoved it in her ear. And I was like, what, what's going to happen? What's going on here? Then she took silicone, poured it over her ear and made a cast of her entire ear. And I was like, what does this have to do with phone cases? Ooh, this could be interesting. Oh my God, they were roommates. Welcome back to the Roommates Couch Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Kelton. Quick question for you. Yeah. Do you, do you spend a lot of time on Facebook specifically? I do. Mm, okay. So you probably see a lot of the, the five-minute crafts videos. I do. Did they make you want to blow your brains out? <laughs> so my biggest beef with them is like, because I used to like them. I feel like they, they evolved over time. The first year, it, it was to... like useful things. Like you're like, yeah, oh, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. And then they did two things that just drive me nuts is first, it's like, none of the crafts are five minutes now. No. It's like, these are like <laughs> 10 year projects. <laughs> 28 like, minutes to watch this video. How long did it take you to make? Exactly. And then they, they used to be all like, the whole point is using abnormal objects to accomplish a task essentially or like a cheaper alternative to accomplishing the task and it's like now it's like way dumber like the solution they present is way dumber than anything you could just like go buy yeah and it's super expensive by the end of it like you'd have to spend forty dollars to solve a ten dollar problem and now it's not even five minute issue it's like a 40 hour project <laughs> so, so but, yes i hate those videos what what is your beef with them? the the reason i ask so i i have this thing where i actively hate them and mm -hmm. every single one of them that i scroll past i will watch the whole damn thing and i hate <laughs> it the whole time and i cannot look away but the most recent one that i watched and the reason i brought it up was this it was like make your own phone case or whatever and this girl like laid on the side of her head and she took this little itty bitty strawberry and she shoved it in her ear and i was like what what's gonna happen what's going on here and then she took silicone poured it over her ear and made a cast of her entire ear and I was like, what does this have to do with phone cases? Ooh, this could be interesting. And she like, out of silicone, molded a perfect replica of her ear and then made a silicone case in the shape of her phone and then just like hot glued this ear onto this phone case. And it was like, now no one can tell you're on the phone. And she literally held it up like this and like there's an ear on the top of her head. And I was like, <laughs> what is your effing problem? Like, why did I watch this move or this video for 22 minutes? I'm going to send it to you because it, I have it. I have the link because I wanted to show you. And by the time I was done, I was like, who would ever think? I, my biggest problem is that I can't disguise when I'm on a phone call. So I'm going to create a silicone ear and glue it to my phone. Kill yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I, I was so mad by the time it was done. Yeah, like, what the heck is that? That is hilarious. It reminds me of, uh, the, it's a similar vein of video. So I, when I watch a DIY video like that, then they'll show me, like, a makeup artist who uses silicone stuff to, like, disguise their face or, like, do horror makeup or whatever. And I'll watch those suckers forever, too. Those <laughs> like, are cool. Yeah. Those are useful and, as, like, interesting, but. Yeah, but DIY videos, dude, not good. Oh, I have something that will crush your world if you watch these videos. Have you ever watched like the little Filipino people that build the elaborate structures? They're fake. They're fake. They're fake. They have oh, whole ass excavators digging these trenches. When I found that out, I was so disappointed. I was like, what the hell? Why, yeah. why couldn't this have been real? <laughs> yeah, dude. I just, I just barely found that out. And it like, it crushed my world. Cause when you watch them the whole time and like, oh yeah, they're digging it out. Like it works and stuff. And then, yeah, they've exposed that. And they're like, you guys really thought that all that water that's crystal clear blue came from a muddy river. I was like, ah, I guess you're right. I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
No, they every time because you're you're dead on. Like it starts a flat ground, and they take a stick and they're like digging a hole with a stick, and then it like flashes forward, and the hole is like the size of this room, and you're like, damn, he's been working. We could never <laughs> do that here. Yeah, we could. He's got an eight thousand yeah. pound mini excavator with a twelve inch bucket digging that hole out for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I've learned too. This is a, a side of YouTube that's really blown my brain. Is they they have like. 15 16 20 channels of different people and different variations doing the same thing but it's the same company oh and so all that that revenue feeds into the same company but it's all these like different people doing the same type of video honestly that's and, that's kind of smart because you do one project oh, and pull like those videos will get 20 million views mm -hmm. you do one project across 10 channels you're at 2 billion views you just made 60 grand yeah have you, Mr. Beast does the same thing with his channels. So he'll create a video and then he has an entire team that he's hired out that does like, he has different countries versions of Mr. Beast. And so they're all his videos, but they just like will dub over and he has voice actors that dub over his voice yeah. and they do do all of his videos for him. And so it's like same video, 15 different repurposes under different languages. And he makes tons of money off of that. That dude, he is making some cash. Like, I know he gives a lot away and stuff, but usually most of that isn't his money. It's like sponsored money or whatever. But like mm -hmm. he, <clears throat> I watched a, a breakdown because I guess someone offered to buy all of his channels for a hundred million dollars. And he's like, no, like if you, if it was a billion, I would maybe consider it. And they asked this like financial advisor, like, what do you think? Like, do you think he's worth a billion dollars? And he broke down like the number of views that he gets across all these channels and all this stuff. And he's like, yeah, like based on the number of views that he gets, like, one to one and a half billion would probably be the price tag to buy all of his channels and just Dude, that's crazy he's just a guy a regular so, human. <laughs> this is a hot topic there's gonna be some opinions on this but like with the recent controversy with his with chris on his team how do you think that that's gonna play out do you think it's gonna affect him at all or are they probably just gonna roll forward with it so to be honest i haven't been paying close enough attention so i don't know all mm -hmm. the nuances <clears throat> i do know that Chris announced that they were going through hormone therapy and that they were going to begin transitioning and stuff. And like, that's awesome. Good for you. I'm glad that you are doing something to make yourself happy because you felt uncomfortable. Um, I think it puts beast in a tough spot though, because like Chris is one of his oldest friends and like, you know, even, even if you're against what he's doing, the love that you have for your friend would overshadow anything like that. But in Beast's case where he has a, a billion dollar brand, where essentially if he says the wrong thing, you know, half of his following is going to disappear. Like that, that puts you in a tough spot. So I think he probably has a team of 500 PR experts that are just debating in a room somewhere about what he needs to do every second of the day. But I think mm -hmm. it just comes down to like, does he love his friend? Is he going to be supportive of his friend? Then that's the right decision to make. So, yeah, yeah, it, it's a, interesting territory I, i'm lumping this kind of into with the recent bud light controversy mm. right and it's like the decisions you make and and knowing your audience is is so important in business like if if you don't know your audience and you just do what is your own personal agenda or belief then it's like that may result in hundreds of millions of dollars of difference you know mm -hmm. and it, it's hard because like you said they are friends first probably you know and then this is the business side of it but depending on his audience, if he, if he ends up having more people where this is going to hurt rather than help, it's like to salvage that friendship and, and your business, it, it might be best to mutually part ways. And hopefully mm -hmm. your friend is supportive of your business too. But I don't know. I, I think per, like what will probably happen is 
Beast doesn't seem to have, uh, like, sure, money's important. I'm sure he has stakeholders and people who are sure. <laughs> definitely pushing pushing yeah. for it. But he, he doesn't have that, like, thing where he's like, I have to be rich and I want to be more rich. He just kind of gives that money back and then reinvest it and reinvest it and yeah. stuff. So I could see him maybe losing more clout and, and getting smaller or whatever just based off not catering to a portion of his audience, but yeah. maybe not even having that affect him too much. But there is some there is one video where it's like, I think that he may have personal questions and issues with what Chris is doing as well. So mm-hmm. that will be an interesting element to the whole saga as well. Yeah. I think uh, the best course of action would be to take what the Try Guys did last year. Like, I'm sure you heard all about that controversy with Ned and his wife. And um, But for everyone that didn't, I guess, uh, the Try Guys were a group of employees at BuzzFeed and they broke off and they started their own YouTube channel and they do a whole bunch of videos and it's a great channel. They do really, really phenomenal content over there and have built like an incredibly strong brand for themselves. And, uh, one of the guys, um, Ned, his, his like whole personality was that like, I love my wife. He always talked about his wife in the videos and all this stuff. It came out last year that he was cheating on his wife and had been sleeping with one of the producers on the show. Who's technically his employee. And, when it came out, um, the Try Guys essentially parted ways with Ned. And in a situation like that, you you have to. It doesn't matter how close you are to that person. Like, there there's a power dynamic of he's her boss, and like even if it was consensual, like what kind of pressures were applied at you know in the early stages of the relationship. And so there's this whole big thing. But they they essentially came out with this like beautifully written statement where they kind of talked about like their decision making process behind everything. And I think the transparency behind their actions was why they were so successful in that. So I think the best way for Beast to come out on top of this is to be super transparent and like, these are my feelings. This is what I've been suggested by legal. This is, you know, the conversations that I've had with Chris. This is what we're going to do. And as long as you're transparent in your decisions, you kind of just, that's that's the only way you can do it. You can't just say like, oh, I'm doing this and then never broach it again because people are going to be upset because they don't understand your, your thought process. Mm. That's a great example. I have another one too of someone doing it the wrong way i feel like uh so john mulaney he's like one of my favorite comedians i think he's hilarious right Mm -hmm. and he has always had a brand of like i love my wife and this is my kind of my bit whatever and in the last past year he's come out he's a super bad drug addict he cheated divorced his wife all tons of stuff that just came out that completely demolished his brand of comedy and so he he has a new special that just came out on netflix a couple weeks ago and it's a completely different brand. It's Is like it? him him talking about his his drug usage and and all the problems and stuff. And obviously, it's self deprecating, and he's making fun of what he is now, you know. But it's different comedy, and and I don't know if I like it, you know. So it's like I liked old version, but now that he is being transparent and he's being real, it's like I don't buy into this this persona, which is truly him. I mm-hmm. bought into the the fake persona that that he had created, ah. and so it, it, it's interesting. I don't. I don't know what the answer is. I don't want people to be inauthentic, but he sold me on the inauthentic side of himself. And yeah. now this authentic side, I don't, don't connect with. That's interesting. Yeah. I, it makes you wonder of the celebrities and the, the comedians and the actors and the people who, who is actually genuine in everything that they do. Um, cause Keanu Reeves. Huh? Oh, <laughs> Keanu Keanu Reeves. Reeves. oh yeah, that guy, that, that's a genuine man right there. He, uh, no, I was watching this thing and like, it doesn't matter if you're Republican or Democrat or middle or you don't pay attention to politics. Politics, In all likelihood, you know who Marjorie Taylor Greene is. And in all likelihood, you hate her because of how stupid she is. 
and how <laughs> loud and annoying and all this other stuff. And there is a congressman from North Carolina that I follow on TikTok. And a lot of it is because like he's ultra transparent with a lot of the things that goes on in their meetings. So he'll be like, hey, we just had a meeting about, he'll get in these meetings and he's like, hey, we just had a meeting about this and this and this, and this is what was discussed. And this is what it could potentially mean for the country. And he breaks it down in a really understandable way. So I like a lot of his content. Um, and he has not directly said her name, but he said that there are a few members of Congress that are known for being, being incredibly loud and incredibly outraged all the time. And it's only when cameras are there. If they're in a closed meeting, those same people suddenly become very rational, very understanding, very willing to make concessions. And so he's like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of the kind of angsty, loud Congress people, that's just their brand. They got elected on being the person that yells about a lot of stuff. And even if that's not who they are, that's who they are in front of the camera. And so it makes you wonder like, if it's one thing if you're like a comedian and you have this persona for yourself, a congressperson shouldn't be that. <laughs> like, so who who do you know that has this persona that they've put on that isn't who they actually are? You know, God, man, that that's so hard. Because I, I I agree. Like, you should be your, your authentic self. You shouldn't, in that circumstance, you shouldn't have to turn it on. But like, I feel like I am guilty of it. Like, I feel like I have to turn it on for mm. people at my job. I feel like I have to turn it on for certain interactions I have where it's like not genuinely myself and there are people i know in my life that are genuinely themselves 100 percent of the time and i love them for that and that and they're just special people but i feel like a lot of people they do turn it on and marjorie whatever her name is like she understands she needs to be reelected, yeah. and and having a loud brand and and being divisive and stuff will cater to her audience and will probably get her re reelected, you know? True. And so I, I'm not saying that that's right. I'm just saying right, but I can understand, you know, why a, that. There's a thought process behind it. Like, it's not just that she's a loud idiot. It's that she's probably yeah. actually smarter than we give her credit for. And she's taking advantage of people that want a loud idiot. So. Yep. Yep. And I, I feel like Trump for a while, it was like, people are like, oh, he's a su successful businessman. Like, and maybe it's just a, a, a persona, but it's not. <laughs> so it's, it, it is interesting. He's being himself. Yeah. <laughs> For better or worse, that guy. He is. He is him. He so. is him. Give Give him that. No. You know who comes to mind when I think of just like purely authentic people? Hmm. Matthew Rigoli. Dick Matt Rigoli. Yep, you're a hundred percent right. That guy. He has never. He's never told a white lie. He's never behaved in a way that wasn't coming from his soul. <laughs> yep. And and I think that we got a version of him where it's like the best best version of him because I know that he, he had a past or whatever. But like, yes, that dude, everyone could sense it. Everyone can feel it. Everyone knows it. Like, he's genuine, like mm -hmm. through and through. And you just love that guy. Like, Oh, yeah. I wish I could be like that. I, I think about him all the time as just far as like, I would wish I could be more like Rigoli. <laughs> yeah. I, it's funny. I was talking to Bethay yesterday at his birthday party and I told him that of every companion that I had, and this is just directly companions, Rigoli was the only companion that I had that I did not hate at some point. And like, if you're one of my companions and you're listening and your name is not Dick Matt Rigoli, just know that at some point in our companionship, I hated your guts because <laughs> it was notable when I didn't hate him. At least some of the time I was like, wow this is the first time that's ever happened. So just know yep. I likely hated you at some point, only direct <laughs> companions though, because like I was living with them and whatever. I never hated Bruff at any point. Yeah. But we weren't when companions. You live, so when you, 
yeah when you live with somebody like my my best companion my best friends you, you hate them at some point you know yeah. it's just 24 7 all day every day it's too much too it much time too with much. people except your wives wives are good <laughs> sure but yeah dude no, <laughs> <laughs> You okay? This is this is something that just absolutely demolished my mind and my week. You played Red Dead Redemption too, right? Oh yeah. yeah. Do you remember the bad guys, the Pinkertons? Yeah. Do you know that that's a real organization? Yes. Yeah. Did you hear that Hasbro hired the Pinkertons to raid a YouTuber's house this week? <laughs> I didn't know that. Okay. I was thinking like I I've heard about the Pinkertons like old time west i didn't know it was like a real still organization yeah they're they're still around so the pinkerton detective agency this week <laughs> was hired by the largest toy company in the world and they're the ones that make like my little pony and transformer and like monopoly the board game and peppa pig and like all these like huge kids brands they hired this group of mercenaries to go raid a youtuber's house because they accidentally sent him some magic the gathering cards that weren't released yet he got access to him 13 days early, and they sent a SWAT team of mercenaries to bust in his door and take those cards back. Wow. <laughs> like, when I was reading it, I was like, the Pinkertons are a real thing? And like, yeah, they're they're the bad guys. The bad guys from Red Dead Redemption 2, still the bad guys today. Super, <laughs> super anti-union. Like, they go in and they, like, do all the union busting and stuff for all the major corporations. But they also, their methods are so controversial that there is a law currently on the books. It's two lines long, and all it says is employees of the Pinkerton Detective Agency cannot work for the United States government. What They're such the? the bad guys that the government is like, we want nothing to do with you. <laughs> and Hasbro hired them as like a hit squad to get some magic cards back this week. <laughs> I thought it was that made is, up group. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's awesome. Oh my gosh. So where are we gonna? When are we gonna apply for the Pinkerton? <laughs> <laughs> Just be a hitman and go steal magic cards from Dude, from YouTubers. Really? Like it's not even. It's so crazy because like they gave him the cards. Yeah. Like their factory sent out the wrong box, and like he was gonna get the cards anyway. It just came two weeks early, thirteen days, and they huh. were like kicking in his door, like pointing guns at him, like we're gonna have you arrested for theft, and it's like. You gave these to me. What What are you yeah. talking about? So I don't know. Dude, the world that is, is weird. That is wild. So I'm trying to think of that from like a business standpoint. Like, what are the repercussions? Let's say these are going to be ultra rare. It was a misprint. It's a mistake. Whatever. Like, write it off. Like I, now, you're just going to generate more buzz. Like, or maybe that's the that's the next <laughs> level marketing. All of this. They're like, we're going to get the Pinkertons. It's going to really <laughs> get get some organic traffic and yeah. we'll have people write about us yeah. i don't know that's Insane. crazy villains you... from a video game I, kicking I in your door it. right now we're talking about it right now dude so <laughs> mission accomplished that's next level marketing <laughs> i uh we we sent out a postcard a couple months ago twenty-seven thousand postcards and when they went to print it was a, a horizontal uh print and they took our file and they oh no and then pr printed 27,000 of them. And the only thing you could see on the card was just like a QR code and like half of our number. Oh. And they sent it to our whole database. And I was just like, this is the biggest screw up ever. But we then quickly followed that with the correct print. One of our best direct mail. <laughs> and oh, it, really? It, kinda, it like kind of primed the pump of like, like, what the crap is this? And then like two days later, they got the actual one. Like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. But yeah, yeah it, it killed it on the second run of it. But huh. that first run sucks so bad. Did you... 
I'm guessing the printing company just like ate the cost on that, right? Yeah, that's 100 yep. of their mistake. How did they not have like a QA department check on someone it? Someone had had to have taken it off the line, looked at it, and said, "That's fine." I, I don't think that that's what they wanted. <laughs> <laughs> But they didn't. They're just like, all right, let's package these bad boys up, send them to the post office. Wow. That is astonishing. I know. <laughs> Some people are just idiots. Oh, dude. <laughs> and then we hired the Pinkerton agency. And they... <laughs> <laughs> you went and broke that guy's kneecaps because he sent out the wrong thing. And yeah, that's, that's the real question is like, this assassin team went to his house. What happened to the factory worker that sent the wrong box? Oh, yeah. We don't know anything about them. Hasbro, Sleeping with like... the fishes. <laughs> they probably did like a real life operation game that's like super rich people paid to do operation on real bodies and they just take <laughs> all their mistake employees blame them open and say have at it rich people yeah they're like sticking wrenches game. in there like get it out <laughs> <laughs> the reason why i i know that hasbro does operation is because on the very first cruise i ever went on hasbro did like a game show night and they called people up from the crowd and I got called up on stage and I got to play this operation uh, ski ball game where you would like ski ball and it would land in different parts of the, the guy. Yeah. And the, as they gave me the balls, they were like, okay, just don't throw it too hard, you know? And they like turn on the music and there's lights and you're up on stage and you're in front of all these people and stuff. And the adrenaline just got to me. My very first ball, I threw it way too hard and it went all the way up to the top. And the operation guy had this big glass red bulb. Oh, nose, the, the light bulb nose? Shattered it <laughs> to a million <laughs> pieces. And the game show host like it looked at me like, Dude, that was the only thing I told you. That was what did I just rule. say? <laughs> yeah. But I ended up winning. I won a Monopoly game, and I still have it today. Heck yeah. Well, now that you've said that on the air, we're going to release this episode on Tuesday, and Hasbro will have finally tracked you <laughs> down, and the Pinkertons are going to be here next Wednesday. <laughs> Incredible. I'll, I'll live stream it. So speaking of video game villains, um, there was a different news story that I heard of this week that I just thought was so strange because, like, this would never happen anywhere else in the whole universe, but there was a 29-year-old walking down the street, and this group of 11-year-olds shouted to him. They were kind of mocking him. You know, he's walking weird, and they were, uh, and one of them called him an NPC, which is a non-player character for all of our not-video game players, and that offended him so badly that this 29-year-old, my age, stabbed this 11-year-old in the street, <laughs> pulled out a knife, and freaking stabbed this kid because he called wow. him an NPC, and I was like, what? I, I don't even know the direction. Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> Dude, that is wild. Did you hear about the the shooting in Texas? Yeah, that was the next thing I was going to bring up. What the Dude, hell? Similar thing where like he was like shooting a gun or something in his backyard and his yeah. neighbors were like, hey, stop, which is what I did to my neighbor. We talked about this in the podcast before. And the guy then turned around and killed five of them. Yeah. Like an eight-year-old included. Like, And now he's on the run. They still haven't found him. No. I Dude. So when I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, that is exactly what happened to Kelton's house. Like someone was shooting their gun in the backyard. Kelton yelled over to him. Like imagine if that guy had then just murdered your whole family. People are unhinged. Yeah. If you get so offended by someone calling you an NPC, (laughs) that you turn around and stab him. A child. Yeah. It just, it seems weird. Like I, I feel like these stories are coming out of the woodworks and have they always existed or is it just like people are getting more bolder? I don't know. It's weird. Everybody's amped up. Mercury's in retrograde. There was one a couple of weeks ago where um, like a six-year-old was playing a ball in the street and his ball went onto his neighbor's yard and the guy came out, shot the kids, shot the parents, shot everybody. Yeah. And then turned himself in. What the like, hell? I know. And it's just these little minor things that are pushing people 
all over the edge. Did you hear the the two stories? It was they happened on the same day. There was this kid that went to go pick up his brother and sister from their friend's house, knocked on the next door neighbor's door because he thought that was the house, and the guy shot him in the head through the door. God. And like this other one, this teenage girl was driving through a neighborhood, turned her car around in someone's driveway, which like people turn their car around in your driveway constantly. If you live in a neighborhood, someone's driving on your driveway to turn around. Like that's just how it works. And he fired from his yard and killed the driver of that car. She's a seventeen year old girl. And it's like, what the hell is happening? You're God. you're exactly right. People are losing it over just like the the smallest inconveniences. Yeah, dude. Maybe we're 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 onto something. Like maybe there is something in the air or in the water that is just making people crazy. Have you I I don't think I've ever seen the movie, but it reminds me of the movie. Is it a crazy there it's something with like there's some fungal in the air that makes people like crazy and then they like kill themselves and all that type of stuff I, it might be a different, different yeah thing. so it, it sounds similar the crazies was a like a like a thing a virus or something that the government had or a chemical and like it was on this transport plane and it crashed like in a forest and got introduced into this water source upstream from this town and the town like everyone went crazy and started killing each other and themselves and like it was this whole big thing and then the government quarantined the area and killed everyone there and so I, th- I think that's when you're talking about it's a great movie whatever it is yeah. but yeah maybe maybe that's what's going on just all across the country they're getting us yeah, ready for dude. the purge yeah seriously oh man purge that's a great question i chan and i watched the purge once upon a time and we had like a super long conversation about if we'd participate what we would do how we would defend ourselves so that's a that's a good conversation starter what would you do if the purge was implemented tomorrow what's your strategy so I don't know why everyone in those movies goes straight for just murdering every person they see. Yeah. I'm stealing everything. If it's legal, you will you will catch me at the, the Ferrari dealership in Scottsdale taking every set of keys, and I'm going to slowly drive all those cars back to my house, and then the next morning I'm going to say, I'm going to need the titles to these because it was legal, and they're not going to be able to do anything about it. Mm. Am I going to murder everybody that I know? No, but I'm going to steal a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That movie does jump to the extreme. The thing is, is there's going to be people, and maybe that's honestly kind of a good reflection of why people are on edge. Is because I feel like people are more paranoid nowadays where they feel like someone is going after them, so then they feel like I have to be the aggressor. And Mm -hmm. so I kind of see that with The Purge where it's like, if it's legal and I perceive and believe that people are worse than they actually are, they're going to murder me. So Mm -hmm. I need to be prepared and ready to murder in case that 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 come across that but that's that's what's scary, scary about like herd mentality or or like perceived mentality or, uh, like a, a perception of just like thinking trying to think what other people are thinking like i i think that we often think people are thinking worse than they actually are and it does become a paranoia but i feel like genuinely or not genuine generally there is like people are good and want to do good it's just the outliers that, that kind of the stories we get to hear about that make us super paranoid about other people and, and that what they're going to do to us. Yeah. I don't true. know. I guess if, um, you know, stories of people killing each other over like the smallest little thing was actually happening all the time, like we would lose our population. Like everybody would be dead. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, you're like you said, those outliers, it's just, we have better means of communication. And now we hear about the shooting in Texas rather than, you know, not ever hearing about it because the news only covers things that are local or whatever. So that might be part of it. But yeah, I, I think you're exactly right that we all just kind of assume the worst out of each other, even though yeah. most people are pretty good, honest, hardworking people. I, uh, I, I got onto a new algorithm 
chain <laughs> where it shows me videos of people like it's this one guy in particular and he'll come up to someone and be like hey i need to buy food for my kid um like i just wonder if you could give me a dollar to help me out and like the first person that does it then he turns around and gives them like five thousand bucks and i like i watched five hours of those videos the other day and i was like ah people are good like there's good people i just feel like what sucks about the state of the world is i don't feel like people are given opportunities very often to be good mm. like it's like any day is an opportunity like you could go out of your way to do good but like most like the, the the society that we've kind of created is like you stick to your own you don't talk to other people you try to stay out of other people's way and then when those paths do cross it's typically in a state of anger like mm. it's like they've done something wrong to you or you perceive wrong and then that's when that interact interaction happens whereas like i don't feel like there's very many opportunities to connect with strangers or, or other people in like a good uh, like a, a non-aggressive, non-anger-filled experience, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just thinking too much into it. Yeah, that it it reminds me. Um, I so I got groceries today. Um, Trina's out of town. I placed like a mobile order. I went. And I I don't like going into the grocery store anymore. I just do it on the app, and then I drive up and they put it in my trunk and I leave. Um, today they have designated spots for those. Where mm -hmm. like if you're getting a quick delivery, whatever they load it in your car for you, you park there because it's really fast. They can get you in and out, like all this kind of stuff, and. I parked and there was this Tesla next to me and I like kind of looked over and there was nobody in the car and I was like, Oh, that's weird. Like you're not supposed to park here, but whatever. Maybe they're, maybe they're doing something. I don't know. And like 10 minutes later while I'm waiting for my groceries, this lady comes out pushing her grocery cart full of things. Like she just used it as a regular parking spot. Cause it's right up front, right next to the door. So the employees aren't having to walk. And I was like, this freaking lady, like you are not supposed to park here. It has a big sign that says mobile pickup only. Like, what are you doing? Worse. She opened her trunk, put her groceries in, pushed her cart in between her car and mine left it there and then drove off. And I was like, I hate everything about you. So here's mm -hmm. the question. Now that you know my bias, do you put your grocery cart back when you go to the grocery 1, store? 1000%. I, I always have, but the moment like it really got solidified for me is, do you know, President Cropper or remember President Cropper from the mission? I don't. He was like President Young's first counselor oh. in the mission presidency or whatever. Gotcha. And uh, he was in the Southern half. And so not very many people know, know him, whatever. He is insanely rich, <laughs> like very, very rich guy. And uh, I was a missionary in the Southern half of Oregon. So we would drive up to Eugene quite a bit. And so I'd get these three hour long car rides with a very successful businessman who would just, he knows his stuff. And I remember like, the two lessons of life that I, I pulled from him, as you said, always have shiny shoes, which I haven't, I doubt, I don't, I don't really follow that one religiously, but his next one, we were in a, a grocery parking lot and somebody did that and just kind of tossed their, their shopping cart. And he said, I have never met a successful person who doesn't return their shopping cart to the, the, the bin. And so yeah. ever since then, I was like, I want to be successful. I will return my shopping cart. So it doesn't yeah. matter how far away I am. I don't, doesn't matter if I have my kid with me, like we will walk over, put it in the thing and then walk back to our car. Yeah. Good. It's, it's just a courtesy thing, man. It's like, yeah. you're, you think your time is so much more valuable that you like, don't have to put your cart back. It's like when, when I make it, when I'm at a grocery store, one, I always return my cart. And maybe that's part of the reason why I use the app now is because like, I don't want to do that, but I use the app, you know, I don't have to. <laughs> Um, but when I do use a, a grocery cart, I make it a point that if I pass an empty cart that's just sitting in a space, I grab it. And so sometimes I'll have three or four carts that I'm pushing like an employee into this slot. And it's just like, maybe it's, that's my way of like asserting the fact that I'm better than other people. But like, <laughs> I hate people that don't put their carts back. It, it literally takes three seconds of your time. And I know it's not like a rule, but if you like, can't be courteous to the people around you in society, you don't deserve to be in society. Hmm. Yeah, I it, it 
it's interesting. I don't feel like I've ever been around anyone that does do it, but you cannot go to a grocery parking lot and not see it. Mm -hmm. So that can be our question for this podcast episode. What is your reasoning for not returning your <laughs> not car? Returning. Like, if there is a reason out there that we're unaware of, maybe it's maybe there's something to it. I I, I would say the one time it is a, it becomes even a question in my mind is when I go to the grocery store with Hudson by myself, because it's like if the cart return is like super far away from where I'm parked, as I don't feel comfortable putting my kid in the car, running my cart back. Like you know, there's like this gap of like oh maybe mm. someone could hop in my car you know while I'm I'm doing this whatever. So you, you do have to kind of plan it around where it's like, hey, I put my groceries in, I put my kid in the car, I take the car, I take my kid out, return the car, and then walk back with my kid. So it's like, that's the only time I'd question it. But yeah. maybe maybe there's a reason we don't know. Yeah, I was going to say that, that's the only time that I ever, like as a kid, remember, is like my, my mom would unload the groceries into the car, shut the car, lock it, and with us still in the cart, take us to the cart return, and then walk us back to the car. So there's, there's definitely ways around that. So all of you people that are typing away at like well i have a kid with me you're being lazy (laughs) (laughs) you could get it done if you wanted to let's multiply it by like four kids though here's the hypothetical you got four kids under age of 10 you know that that gets a little tricky Mm. and put them all in the cart 10 year olds can walk (laughs) that's true if you have four kids under 10 and they're all in wheelchairs you get a pass how about that Oh, Everyone else, put your damn carts back. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's awesome. But this is a question for you. Uh, we also do grocery pickup. Like that's we rarely ever go into a grocery store now. I feel like grocery pickup. Like I, I'm super surprised. There's been no one, no company that's been like, we don't let people inside our store. We only do grocery pickup, or even like we're going to start doing vending machines essentially where you pull up to the building, there's a gap and your stuff just like comes out. You know, like I just, I feel like there's way more efficient ways that you could manage yeah. what a, a Walmart super center is. Right. Do you, are you afraid that we will eventually get to a point of, of a society where we don't interact with each other at all? Hmm. Because I would say like the grocery store is one of the few times a week that I would have like gone out and interacted with strangers. Hmm. I could see that going away completely. I, I could see that because I, even the times that I have to go into the grocery store or like sometimes we'll run out of dog food at like 5 p.m. And if you put in a grocery pickup, you can't pick up for like four hours. And so I'll drive over hmm. there and get dog food. I purposefully bring my headphones so that I do not have to communicate with anyone. And I go through the, the self-checkout and I do all that thing. So I I could see that if it became like a situation where it's like almost like a drive through grocery store that we would stop talking but I think we're we're social enough creatures that we will find other excuses to talk to people. So like rather than the, the the necessity of talking to someone in a grocery store, then becomes the pleasure of talking to someone at X, Y, and Z activity or whatever. So mm. I don't know that it'll get rid of it completely, but I think all the all the times that you don't want to talk to someone, you'll be able to avoid talking to someone. Yeah. It I've noticed that my ability to talk to strangers has like almost diminished. Like obviously, obviously when we were missionaries and stuff, it's like, I felt like that was my peak to be able to talk to strangers and stuff. But like nowadays I, if I'm meeting someone for the first time, I really struggle to make a connection. Cause I'm just like, yeah, I'm out of practice of like having any communication. And it's getting to the point where it's like, I don't like to go to subway because they ask too many questions. I can't just say like <laughs> number five. Like I got to explain everything. I of want all the there, reasons so. to not want to go to subway. 
I'll tell you what, dude. My order at Subway, I'm convinced. I have multiple friends that say Subway's gross. I'll never go to Subway. I love Mike's Subway. Serena hates it, though. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But I was about order. to say, I, I can convince you. So, Serena, you need to go to Subway. You get a black forest ham, foot long. You're going all in. Okay. Foot long, black forest ham on Italian herbs and cheese. And you get everything on it except for cucumbers, tomatoes, and olives. I don't care if you like those three things. You take them off, and then you put sweet onion sauce on it, and you'll mm. be converted. That is the order right there. I've gone to when I first started going to Subway. I went to Subway two times. The first time I hated it. The second time I got that exact order, and that is the only thing I've ever eaten at Subway for the last twenty years. <laughs> Interesting. I yeah, that sounds disgusting to me because I have the taste buds of a toddler. <laughs> so if it's not meat, cheese, or sauce, I don't want it on there. <laughs> Um, so my, my go-to order is literally turkey, Swiss, on Italian urban cheese, mayo, mustard, salt, pepper, vinegar, oil, done. Okay. And olives, black olives, I'll, I'll throw those in there. And mm-hmm. that's that's pretty damn good. It, it sounds okay, but it doesn't sound like my order. My order will change your life, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll order one of those for Serena and just like, just try it, just try it. Kelton swears by it. Yeah, do it, dude. I promise. It will, it will change the game. I, uh, olives is the only food that I literally can't stomach. Really? If I eat an olive, I will like throw up. Oh, I love olives. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what it is. It's, it's black olives. It's green olives. Just olive. There's something in the the makeup of it that just instantly makes me throw up. Mm. I love them. Black, green. My mom gets these, uh, green olives that are in like a garlic juice and they have Mm. like cream cheese filling. Oh my gosh. They're unbelievable. And like, Mm. I know in my mind eating cream cheese out of like, vinegar jar sounds disgusting but it's so good (laughs) have you tried the costco pickles have we talked about this no i don't like pickles um which is weird because i love vinegar yeah salt vinegar chips salt vinegar chips i like them i don't like pickles must be a texture thing i don't know what it is but like kids they they know what they like and that's it like and Mm. it's like three things and why does every kid on the planet earth love chicken nuggets no flavor why is that is that what it is yeah (laughs) It's just like, when you think of, if you take a bite of a chicken nugget, what taste do you have? You know, you get oil taste. You like oil. You may be a little salty. You like salt. There's no other real flavor there other Hmm. than the sauce that you're dipping it in, which is why I think they're such a versatile food because you can change your sauce and have a different experience every time. Ah. Kids like ketchup though, because it's sweet. And so they just like sweet, mushy air. Yeah. Are you a big uh, sauce guy? I love sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love sauce. And yeah. some people just aren't sauce people. And I've noticed kids, kids don't like sauce. Like most kids, like ketchup, like you said, like they're really whatever. Hudson, though, is an anomaly. Mm. Whenever we're around other kids, she loves sauce. And so like honey mustard, like she's just down in it and stuff. But yeah, kids don't like sauce, but they all love chicken nuggets. Yep. And I think I think you're right. Because like if you were to say, what does a chicken nugget taste like? It doesn't taste like chicken. It doesn't, like, and it doesn't it taste like, like fryer oil. Yep. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Uh, we went to Sonic yesterday, and uh, every time we go to Sonic, I love uh, what are those called jalapeno poppers. Mm. Love them like almost any place that will offer them, I'll get jalapeno poppers, and they they have it on their menu. And every time we go to Sonic, we're just there to get drinks. And I was like, I'm gonna get the jalapeno poppers, so I got them, and they are like molten lava pockets. Like I I let the first one I popped in my mouth, I burnt the crap out of my mouth. The cheese just like absolutely destroyed me. Yeah. I waited 20 minutes. Popped another one, same exact experience. <laughs> like they retain heat so well, and like it just nuclear fusion going on on the inside, so they stay hot forever. <laughs> yes. So if there's ever a zombie apocalypse and we need to stay warm, just go get some Sonic jalapeno poppers. 
So how's your week been? Dude, it's weird. Serena's out of town. The she's, whole week? Yeah, she's in Canada with a, a couple of friends from school. They've been planning this trip for like a year. And so yeah. I have been alone since Tuesday. And she's going to come back on Tuesday. And then she leaves for California and is going to be there for two weeks. But so I'm, I'm going to be alone. It's something like 24 straight days other than like the three hours that they're going to be here before they leave for California. Wow. <laughs> Dude. And you can't work remote, right? No. So I'm just chilling. Dang, dude. Well, we're going to have to pump out some episodes or something. Maybe <laughs> we stockpile for the next little bit. But yeah, I know, that's I know a long you, time to be alone. What's that? It's a long time to be alone. Yeah. Well, when you, this is the longest I'll have been alone ever in my whole life. Cause like I lived with my parents and then when I first moved out of my parents' house, I moved to North Carolina and I had five roommates and then I went back to my parents' house and then I was on the mission and you always have someone with you 24 seven. And then I was in college and had five roommates and then I was married. And so I've never been alone for like a long period of time before. And it is weird. Yeah. It's not good. So we need to, we need to stay in touch. We need to play games or do something. Yeah. So don't, don't get in your head or anything like that. Yeah. But Thay's birthday was this week. So I went over to, oh, cool. to his place and we had like a little pool party yesterday. Fatty sunburn on my back. Cause I didn't want to like awkwardly ask Bethay or Breeze if they would rub <laughs> sunblock into my back. So I was just like spraying <laughs> it, hoping I was going to get it. <laughs> Oh, no, dude. Because, like, normally Serena does my back, and it's like, I don't want to yeah. be like, hey, my friend, or hey, my friend's wife, will you put sunscreen on me, please? <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, Hudson just got fried yesterday, too, so it got up into 60 degrees, and that constituted us pulling out our pool, filling it full of 40-degree irrigation water, and Hudson Hudson swam all day long. Like, the, we could not get her out of the pool. Yeah. And so, like, finally at the end of the day, she's, like, sitting there just, like, shaking because the sun had gone by and it was, like, the pool was in the shade. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay, I'm ready to go in. But she's <laughs> toasted. Head to toe. Just looks like a lobster. Uh, little hud. 60 yeah. degrees is too cold to be swimming. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> it is, but she loves it, man. She's an Idaho girl. Cold-blooded. No, it's... I think this weekend it hit 100 for the first time in the year. Like, yesterday okay. it might have been 102 in the afternoon. Saying, so, yeah, up there. Open door. We need to talk open door. What happened? So you, you love me on a cliffhanger on, all week. On uh, on par with places where I used to work. Since Kelton's got his Wendy's hat on today, <laughs> everybody knows that I have been waiting since the start of the podcast. This is week sixteen for a call from my manager that they are ready to rehire because I got let go in November of last year. Well, I got an update this week. And this is probably going to be the last time we have to talk about Open Door on the podcast because they're doing more layoffs. <laughs> I, I got a, I saw a notification on Instagram from one of my, my coworkers, one of my friends that I used to work with. Yeah. And she was like, to everybody that's getting let go today, like, I'm really sorry. Da, 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 da. And like, nobody that I knew got affected and it was much smaller than last time. But yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking it's not going to be this year. So I'm just going to keep living my life and being where I'm at. I, I did unofficially apply to uh, the IT department at my current company so I can get off the, the sales counter. Um, the position's not open yet, but as soon as it is, the, uh, the manager is going to set up an interview with me and I'll hopefully get over there. Cause I know the, like the director of that department and like his stepdaughter is one of our good friends. And so I have kind of an in over there and it's like a no experience required type thing, less hours, more money, better, better working conditions. So we're keeping our fingers crossed for that, but unfortunately, Open Door, this will likely be the last time we talk about you for uh, a minute. 
Dude, that is the exact opposite of what I thought. When I you know. Were that's, <laughs> that's why. When you left, we finished the episode. You texted me. And we were like, we gotta talk about Open Door. I was like, oh, dude, my boy's getting his job back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I found out literally like probably an hour after we got off recording the last episode. And so when I asked you if you could jump back in, I was like, oh, I'll edit it in real fast, and we'll just we'll throw it in there somewhere. But yeah, it's it's over. The dream has died. Dang it, dude. Well, <laughs> hopefully, IT department at your new at your job job be a lot better yeah definitely yeah, dude. the sales are going good like as far as as good as it can you you were out with a trucker all day <sighs> yeah. what was that <laughs> oh my gosh so as part of the, the process um since we sell equipment or like equipment rentals and that kind of stuff they want us to be like super familiar with operations and like how all the equipment works and stuff so i'm like i'm certified on like five different types of forklift including like 180 foot reach fork you know forty thousand pound machines and like I'm certified on boom lifts that'll go 200 feet in the air and like all this kind of stuff. And part of it is they want you to go out with a driver so that you can see like, oh, this is what their day looks like. And this is what happens when a salesperson, you know, doesn't do delivery instructions correctly and that kind of stuff. And we, I showed up at the branch at 4.50. We hopped in the truck at 5.05 and we did not get back to the branch until 6.30 because we kept having issues all day long. And like, it was funny, every time we had a problem with one of our deliveries, like it was like, oh, we have to go pick up this thing. Oh, the job site's closed. It's locked up. No one's here. We can't, you know, whatever. I'd like look at who the salesman was and every single time it's like a person that sits three feet from me. So the next day I was like, what is all of your problems? Like I was here for 14 <laughs> hours yesterday because you guys can't put notes properly. <laughs> oh, dang, dude. That but. sucks. How's that work? So is it like a, a digital CRM that like you like log all the notes or how does that <clears throat> Is it the driver delivery notes, salesperson puts that in? Like how yeah. that process works? So when, when we're taking the order, we're supposed to like, because a, a lot of job sites are massive, massive things. Like we have a, a semiconductor plant that's going up here in Arizona that has like, it's like eight square miles of, of property that this thing is being built because it's like a huge plant and they have like every company has their own job trailers and their own yards and their own things that are attached to this building. <clears throat> and so... When we take the order, we're supposed to get notes as far as like, okay, who's the who's the general contractor? Like, what area does this need to be put in? Who is going to be signing for it? Because like, if there's 1,500 people working on a job site, like you need to know who to contact so that like they can come sign for this piece of equipment. You need to know exactly where to drop it within this eight square mile radius. So a lot of it is just like little things. But if a salesman forgets and they're like, yeah, we're it's going over to the semiconductor plant, and then you forget to ask which building it's going to, it's just a crapshoot. Like. There's, mm -hmm. there's so many different ways that you can get into that place that are locked from other ways. And so it just, you spend all day looking for your contacts. Dang, that sucks. Yeah. So do you have to keep going with the driver? Or is like, you've learned your lesson. You're yeah. going to be good. Learned the lesson. Yeah. It's a, it's just like a once every six month thing that, okay. that they have us do just to stay fresh on it. So since I just started, it was my turn to go and they'll, I'm sure send somebody out, you know, next month, there's like two or three of us that were riding the same day. So. Yeah. Oh, dude. Pretty cool. Well, it's fun. Yeah, that, that does sound cool. It's cool that you get to get certified on the machinery and stuff. Like, that's like dream job, dude. If I if money wasn't a thing, oh yeah, I would. I've already I've already talked about my landscaping business and stuff. But like heavy equipment, skid steers. Oh, dude, love that. Crap. Skid steers are fun. I like uh, excavators a lot. Uh -huh. yeah. I like driving those around. I like swinging the carriages. I like doing all that. Forklifts are also cool. And like, since I'm certified on like every type of forklift there is, like. I guess if I ever need work, I can always find something at a warehouse, but <laughs> yeah, straight up, dude, you can come back to Idaho. They're always looking for potato pallet movers. Hey, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> How's the AC update? 
it's good. It's fixed finally. It's it was so good. frustrating because we paid all this money for it to not work. They thought it was broken parts. They were replacing brand new parts and all that kind of stuff. Still not working. Um, and the third visit that they came out to fix it, um, I actually called the office and I was like, "Hey, the guy that was here before told me that it might be my thermostat." Thermostat's only seven months old, so I, I'm able to warranty it, but I need to prove to Nest, because it's a Google thing, I need to prove to Nest that it's actually the thermostat, so I have to take it off and send it to them. So as part of like my contract, I get like one of those shitty little Honeywell plastic wall mount ones. I was like, just send somebody out here, replace my thermostat with one of your Honeywell ones. I'll send the broken one to Nest. That way they can refund my money and I can buy something nicer. The guy comes in, pops off the, the thermostat, and was like, oh, are you kidding? And the first guy that, that had come and hooked up the thing didn't hook in one single wire and that was all that it took. So he plugged that wire in, fired right up and ran nonstop for nine hours because my house was 90 degrees. <laughs> so we, it took like a week longer than it should have, but we finally yeah. have AC. So it's nice. It's 74 in here right now, which is where I like to keep it. So. Dang dude. I, I had a really similar experience one time I was on a Walmart parking lot and there was this lady and she was trying to start her car and it was just making this terrible sound. And she, you could tell she was, she'd been there for a while. She's pretty upset and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I walked over and I like knocked on the window. I was like, "Hey, like pop the hood. I'll I'll check it out and stuff." And like she pops the hood and there is literally just this wire coming across. I've never seen it on any other car ever before. But there's like a wire coming across and it was disconnected. And I was like, "Oop!" I clicked it and I was like, "Try turning it over." And it started right up. And I just felt like <laughs> such a bad A. I was like, "Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, I know car stuff." Yeah. But thank you everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Roommates Couch Podcast. I am very excited for Stanley Yelnats to be joining the crew here pretty soon. So uh, we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, thank you for listening. As always, like, subscribe, share with your friends. We are growing each week, and we'd love to have you join us and bring your friends. Thanks, everybody.